Hello everybody and welcome to episode 110 of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike where we will be covering the sixth episode of season five of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. namely the episode Fun and Games but before we get on to that Hannah, how are you today? Oh it's been all fun and games. Nice! Very nice, yes. Why's that? Um, Well you know we're Recording from a new location. We are. This is our first podcast in our new house. The fourth house that we have recorded this podcast in. Although, in fairness, I think we recorded like the first very s- small smattering of episodes yeah. uh, in the old house. Yeah. Actually, no, no, that's not true, actually. Because we, I remember we did our Watchmen episodes in the old house. So we'd, we'd done at yeah. least season one, hadn't we? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, I, I revoked that. So yes, yeah, so we have moved house, which has been um, quite you know physically and emotionally draining, uh, as these things always are. Um, but we are in a better living situation now. Um, I think our lives have improved. I, I'd say twenty six percent, if I had to put a number on it, which is significant. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, that would explain why Hannah's yawning <laughs> even Sorry. more than not even trying to hide it anymore. Um, but yes, we are back and we're going to be covering an episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the fifth season. So uh, um, before we do that, though, quick little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first of all, we appreciate feedback at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And also, and I've got a re- caveat here that I did a chin stroke versus Spencer this morning, so I'm going to be getting everything mixed up. Um, the um, We also want you to check out our friend shows, namely... Chinstroker versus Punter. Um, the uh, Entertainment Landfill, Talk Without Rhythm, Good, the Bad, and the Odd, Iron Sequel, Film Bastards, and his film, movie. his film, her movie. So check out all of those shows as well. And also, we appreciate reviews, uh, preferably favorable ones, over at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you listen to us on YouTube, then please feel free to leave comments there, which we may read out on the show in the form of feedback. And also, please do like and subscribe and give thumbs up and all of that good stuff. Um, so, uh, I just want to quickly play a bit of um, voicemail that we got because I've got some feedback too. Okay, very good. Um, because um, I didn't realise that um, Mark uh, from the Good, Bad, and the Odd, when he sent us his X Files feedback, actually sent a little um, addendum. Uh, a very short, it's only like 50 okay. seconds long. But I, when I saw this, I thought it was the same bit of feedback, so I didn't realise. But he kindly pointed that out <laughs> to me today. Um, so we will... Uh, we yeah, um, You great galah. So we will... Um, I'll play that now. Hopefully this will work. Hi, Mark. Hi, Hannah. It is I, Mark. Uh, just a tiny little bit more feedback about the X-Files because I'm kind of obsessed. Good on you. If you do start going through it, do yourself a favour, keep a note, a mental note of the size of the shoulder pads and uh, Scully's haircuts, because uh, they do change. The other thing I wanted to mention is one of the things I love about the X-Files is a bit odd, this, right? I love the torches that they use in the X-Files. They've got these massive torches, and they're always in dark places, they're slightly, slightly steamy, or, you know, there's bits in the air, and they get out these massive torches, and they're walking through these dark places. I love a bit of torch porn. That's all there is Not to torture it. Porn. The best source of that is clearly the X-Files. Uh, so I just wanted to... <laughs> to point out those two things to you uh, if you do continue. Uh, so, uh, signing off, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I love that. Um, and actually, I can relate to the whole torch porn thing because I kind of like the way in Fringe um, Dunham 
and and the other FBI agents hold their like this. gun with the torch. Oh, I thought you mean yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, one of the things I mean, the X Files, the whole them in their trench coats with the torches was so much part of the iconography that some of the posters were them holding their torches like in an X, and it was like for, that was the X on the poster oh was for torches. Um, but he's right about the costumes and the hair um, in the way that there's a point. It's a bit like Friends, where there's a point around the second season where obviously. You can tell that David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson had become famous mm. because they suddenly seem way more styled. Right. Like, you know how, like, um, David Duchovny's got that very bouffanty hair in the first he's season? Got very high hair. Um, in the second season, he's got, you know, that haircut that all of the Friends guys got in the second season that everybody had in the 90s, that kind of short, not crew cut, but sort of flat top almost, yeah. kind of. Yeah. He, he suddenly got that haircut. And suddenly, Gillian Anderson starts looking like she's just stepped out of, like, a trailer. Mm. and she's just, you know, A salon, yes. Like um, you just stepped out of a salon. <laughs> I assume that that's a song. <laughs> it's from an advert. Isn't oh, okay. it for Salon Selectives? Oh, is it? I thought that we were just singing everything tonight. No, okay. <laughs> something like... Salon selectives, yeah. like it just stepped out of a salon. <laughs> Come round here to my fucking laboratoire. You think you can just... <laughs> Garnier coming round here. To my laboratoire. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. I love, I love the idea because the laboratoire, it's like a weird lab for hair products. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got, like... Just like smoking beakers. <laughs> sort of going. We're in my laboratoire. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is a laboratoire? Uh, well, it's a French laboratory, presumably. But um, but yes, so uh, we appreciate that and we will keep an eye on that. Um, so, um, yes, Hannah, you see you also have some feedback. And thank you, Mark. We will. Yes, uh, we, we have been, as you will know, probably in the two or three episodes that we've released um, since we played this. Um, although we, because we've, we've got a couple in the bag at the moment that we haven't put out yet. Um, sorry, we got one, but we've just put one out the other day. Um, you'll have heard that we will have continued watching the X Files, and that Hannah will probably carry on uh, playing this uh, aforementioned game that you have suggested. Indeed. So, uh, uh, what else you got, Hannah? Um, okay, so I've got two bits of YouTube feedback. The first one is on our Mark Singer interview. Oh, cool. Um, a Ryan says, "Oh man, him and Ham Tyler, stuff of TV lore." Oh yeah. I wonder where it ranks in terms of captivating people all over the globe when there weren't so many options. Yeah. Uh, Ham Tyler is an awesome character who crops up in the final battle. Who I mean, the fact he's called Ham is ridiculous because he's basically like the Han Solo of the Resistance and he's played by the mighty Michael Ironside. Oh. Uh, and, and, you know, anything, as soon as you... It's like, it's a real French kiss thing. It's like, V was pretty awesome. But they were like, you know what this is lacking? You know, we need a bit of our Michael Ironside in this. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it helps, you know, it always does. Awesome. On episode 108, uh, which was A Life End, that's the one that we've just put out, uh, Jack Dubbs, I'm not a parent, but Max's story of the nursery he was getting ready for Baby Hope's arrival makes me weep. He doesn't get a lot of credit for what he brings to the show, but Henry Simmons knocked it out of the park in that scene. Yeah. And who would have thought all the way back in season one that the sudden arrival of Fitz on the scene would have us all whooping for joy and thinking, oh boy, Fitz is here and the baddies are in for it now. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a real very, changing character. Very, true. And also, you know, there's nothing like 
depriving an audience of a character for a few a few episodes to make that character's cachet go up a little bit yeah. as well, you know? Yeah. Um, treat him mean, keep him keen. Uh, cool, okay, well, should we get into this? Um, we are going to watch Fun and Games, um, episode and six of season five. Fun and Games. Hopefully it will be. And we will... Shall um, I just um, infect Oh, yes, yes, sorry. Yes, we haven't done the tape, have we? Indeed. How, how, uh, how amateurish. See, new house... Did a chin stroker versus punter today. I'm all sort of, uh, you know, discombobulated. Okay, so synopsis says, with Daisy's life on the line, an unexpected friend attempts to rescue her. Mm. It's directed by Clark Gregg, and it's written by Brent Fletcher. Excellent, okay. So this is his directorial debut. Yes, or debut, as they say on New Zealand news for some bizarre reason. Debut. Um, But uh, Okay, let's do this. We're going to hit pause, we're going to watch this episode, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to talk about it. So see you in a minute. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we've just finished watching Fun and Games, the sixth episode of season five of Marvel's Agents of Shield. And wasn't that fun and games? That was fun and games. Um, Hannah, um, thoughts? Uh, I thought Fitz was fucking incredible. <laughs> um, it was great to see um, that connection between him and Simmons again. Um, just a really solid episode and. Even though there were some big things in terms of, um, you know, Fitz kind of revealing himself, um, it was more of a slow build in my mind um, because it seems to be, you know, an episode where it's setting up um, things to come Mm. and kind of shocking um, about, um, oh, I can't remember the girl's name, the one that gets hanged. Oh, Tess. Tess, um, I remembered that she died, but I had thought it was later on. Mm. But um, yeah, that always seems to be the case. Versions of Shield stuff always seems to happen earlier than we remember it happening. Yeah, yeah. What about you? No, I really liked it. I mean, I said at the end, I, I was like, "Wow, that went really quickly." Mm. You know, and, and that's a good sign. You know, it, it it literally flew by. It's funny as well, actually. The I've noticed the I've been getting re- this season really reminds me a lot of Farscape and it, it makes sense because Farscape was a really big influence on the Guardians of the Galaxy movie mm-hmm. um, like the lead actor um, Ben Browder who plays the lead character in that is in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and James Gunn cast him because he wanted to acknowledge that I mean this is I actually looked, looked it up while I was doing while the episode was on because I wanted to see the connections and this is the lead character from Farscape and this was like 10 years before Guardians of the Galaxy 
Yeah. I mean, you can really see the kind yeah. of aesthetic sort of similarities. So I was getting a re- all the way through this episode, I was getting a really big Farscape vibe. But I guess what it probably is is Farscape influenced Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think Guardians of the Galaxy influenced this mm. a little bit. Although this is much more dramatic because it's you know the, the, the dire circumstances that the characters are in. But it's funny that all of that stuff's kind of in the soup stylistically. Mm. But um, I thought it was really good, and I think it, one of the things that they've found with this season is um, that they can still use humour. Yeah. And I think that really helps, because I think the temptation would be to double down on the misery. Mm. And it is, a, it is darker in the previous seasons because of the um, situation, but the actual tone of the show isn't that different. Mm. And I think that that's good, because I think that the tone is um, a really important part of what the show is. Yeah. And I think if you're going to change... The location and the time and the setting and you know all of those big things you know the it's not people in suits in high-tech offices anymore which was mm. such a key element to the aesthetics of the show i mean mark mentioned earlier on like the x-files the suits and the and the the torches you know if you completely remove that from that show it would be a different show yeah but agents of shield manages to maintain its agents of shieldiness mm. um Despite those big changes, and I think that that's, I think that's, that the, I think the last says season, a lot about the characters. I think it, well, that's what I'm saying is, is, yeah. is that the I think that season four emboldened the creative team to say, actually, you know what, the show isn't about the suits and the technology and the Zephyr. It's about the vibe of the show, mm. the universe and the characters and yeah. the actors playing them. Yeah. And it's as though I think that they realised that as long as we keep those elements. We can go off to you know a galaxy far, far away and do yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, but again, I, I'm just really. This is where my, this is where the rewatch element of it comes into play. Is I thought I remembered this season pretty well, but we're already. I mean, we're only on the sixth episode, and I remember this being most of the way through the season where we are now so obviously there's a whole chunk of story that i've either forgotten or that i thought was in a later season or yeah. something um because they've really burned through like the plot that i thought was season five they've pretty much already got through now we're only we're, we're a quarter of the way yeah through the season mm. so i'm really curious to see what happens what comes up because i'm forgetting something yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we can't talk about it without spoiling no, it. No, no, you know. exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it it's a funny thing this season because, yeah, when you do, when you look back and reflect on it, yeah, part, like, there are, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say without spoiling anything, but there are things that, that, um, like you say, do it seem to take up more time than than what they actually do? Yeah, yeah temporarily, it's really yeah. confusing. Yeah, but um, well, should we get into the breakdown? Yeah. Okay then. So uh, we open up with um, the kid uh, Flint going about his day, and I love the fact this is classic comic book stuff. Like there's certain things in comic books because they were written in the sixties or before. Mm in the modern world seem a bit weird. Like, for example, um, all of the characters, like Clark Kent, Peter Parker, you know, all of these characters, Matt Murdock, all the characters having that. Now, you just have to kind of accept that. But I love the fact that, you know, you've got Flint, 
and his power is moving rocks. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I always see it's like the Dennis Leary thing about Lou Gehrig dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. It's like, how did you not see that coming? It's like, Lou, this is this disease has got your name written all over it, pal. <laughs> you know? Isn't that a joke in Friends? Yeah, Friends stole it from Dennis yeah. Leary, though. Um, but, the, but yeah, so it's the idea that his name's Flint. And it's one of those things where I'm guessing that he's a comic book character. And it's just, you know, he can throw rocks, so he's Flint. Mm. You know, um, but when you see it in live action in a, you know, a quite a dramatic setting... You're just kind of like, oh, okay, that's a bit of a coincidence. Unless I'm getting it wrong and his power isn't to do with rock. He can just levitate stuff and it just happens to be rocks in this episode. Um, oh, um, you're totally going to have to edit this section out. Well, that was a rhetorical question. No, well, I was just about to say something to you. Okay. Um, he, he... So we open up with uh, Flint, the 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 child, the adolescent, mm-hmm. going about his day as an urchin, sort of urchining. Yeah. Um, the Cree come to harvest the children, and we learn that this is kind of like a. Um, it's almost like Logan's Run, where they have carousel and they send all the people who are about to turn thirty off, and everyone thinks this is great thing, but it's actually not a, such a great thing. Mm. Um, Enoch tells. Uh, we see Enoch basically. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, orientating or orient orienting orientating fits um, to the, the the status quo in the future. Uh, he tells fits who everybody is. And I love the fact that when you see them giving out the names, it really reinforces the whole Roman thing. Like they're talking about Gaius, you know, yeah. and that's a that's a you know Roman name. Um, we also get um, a little bit of information about. Um, Fitz's alias that basically he's a he's a space marauder mm. he sees Gemma um he tells Gemma not to turn around but of course we as the audience uh, assume that she can't hear him anyway so he's pouring his heart out and she can speak um, but she can't hear him. <laughs> um well she she can speak then because she hasn't specifically been ordered to be silent no um as no. she was in clearly in that previous episode he didn't order her to be silent he ordered her to appreciate silence. It's different. By being silent. Um, so he tells Gemma not to turn around. Uh, he talks about how he crossed the galaxy for her and how they can beat the curse. So he's suddenly being quite optimistic about their relationship. And he, um, <coughs> excuse me, asks her to marry him. And then she sees him and uh, Fitz has to go all evil, Fitz. Um, and... and- Part of me was going. It's really lucky that he had a season of being a bad guy. Yeah, he's, he's had like plenty of opportunity to practice, hasn't he? Yeah, yep. sort of tap into that. Uh, well, but now I mean, he's he's using the skills that he learned. Yeah, and that's very much um, in line with um, Hunter in the last episode telling him to kind of you know embrace that Honestly. and use that. Mm. Yeah, um, we see that the kids get put through terogenesis. They were putting them through when they're eighteen, but they're running out of them. So uh, they're getting more desperate. And basically what we start to get a sense of, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but is a clear idea that Cassius basically is kind of the black sheep of the family. Yeah. Uh, and that he is um, really using Terragenesis um, as leverage to um, make money and get position. Because, mm. uh, again, like, you know, you watch Spartacus or Rome or any of these series... Uh, you know, and there was it's talk all about, about standing yeah, and and coin, coin. You know? um, so um, 
Flint turns um, and the pterogenesis explodes, but we see that Yo-Yo has sort of spirited him away. Mm. Um, I don't quite get how that works, though, because I thought she had to always Yo-Yo back. Yeah, she moved away from where the others were standing. Oh, and then she end. got him and then went back to there. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. No, that's, that's in that case, I was going to take it back. We see the actor from Better Call Saul, who always plays sort of shit-healy characters. Yeah. Um, he does have the most shit-healy of faces. He does for cold dead eyes of a shit-heel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a lovely guy in real life, but, you know. A lovely guy. A lovely guy. Um, so, yeah, we get a bit of background about Cassius and we learn that uh, he's living in the shadow of his more successful brother um, and that basically he's been given this kind of shit assignment, which he's kind of managed to turn It is very much like Batiatas, weirdly enough. Yeah. You know, um, and we see... Um, Fitz calling on the sort of framework Fitz, as you mentioned earlier on, in order to kind of stay in character. Mm. Uh, and the, we hear that they're going to be doing a bit of, um, you know, inhuman uh, gladiatorial stuff. Um, and it's going to be May that's going to be going in to fight them. Um, and I like the fact that the, because we, we've seen Ben, um, the um, Ben Squishel. Ben <laughs> He obviously his ability is that he can read minds. So what he does is kind of like what Robert Downey Jr. did in the Sherlock Holmes films, where you see him fighting and he's like, right, he's going to do this, so I'll mm. do this, and you know, um, I'll, I'll punch him in the windpipe, and then three seconds later, I'll you know stick my finger up his bum, and uh, you know he, he uses That's quite the fight. Um, yeah, well, you know, you got to work with what you got. And, um, Element of surprise. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, so. What happens there? And again, credit to Clark Gregg as a first-time director. It's quite a nicely shot fight sequence, actually. Mm. Um, and also, you, you get to see more of um, Ming-Na Wen in the fight. Like, I get the feeling that she's she's obviously recovering a little bit mm. more from her, her real-life accident that yeah. led to them having to come, come up with this, this storyline for her. And um, the it's like the... Uh, oh, gosh. In Friends, when... Um, Matt LeBlanc dislocated his shoulder mm. when, uh, you know, the, 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 the episode where him and Chandler are fighting over the chair. Yeah. Uh, and he runs and jumps on it. He dislocated his shoulder doing oh, that. He? Yeah, I, I watched that, um, you know, that Friends reunion thing mm. and they show the footage of it and he's in absolute agony and well, your studio audience are laughing and David Schwimmer's like, no, 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 he's, he's really badly hurt himself. Um, and so they had to stop shooting that episode they shot the next episode, but starts with Joey. You hear a bang, and it falls off. The yeah, yeah, and that's because they had to justify him having a sling in for mm. the next few episodes. And then they shot two more episodes, and then they had to go back and then shoot the second half of the Ross trying to get everybody to leave the apartment. Here, obviously, you know they've written that element in, and whilst the character is healing and becoming her old self again, um, shows being like when, so they're they're not having to, you know have her on the bench quite as mm. much so you know i think that that helps and but but what she does is she starts to just fight instinctively so ben's ability to read her is just not gonna yeah. work you know yeah she says she didn't think she just did it yeah don't think the, the, yeah. yeah just 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 do just do and um as you would like, say like nike <laughs> yes absolutely just do it um Fitz talks to Cassius about fathers um, and approval, and it's reminding the audience about you know his father in the framework, 
um, and this is his real life father of course and also it's ingratiating him because he's being kind of like um, you know deliberately argumentative and combative um, at the dinner table and you get the feeling that Kasaias kind of admires that a little bit because maybe he doesn't stand up to his brother as much as he yeah. should and um, and also he ingratiates himself by you know talking about the father so you get the feeling that Fitz's plan at this point is going very well um, and um, he he manages to convince them to take May to the surface instead um, where she'll have to deal with the roaches but at least you know May survive mm. uh, I like the what are tacos and um, Matt being like what the hell kind of future is this like <laughs> yeah um, it's and the future I don't want any then, part in. We're in the middle of this conversation, Grill turns up again. And I've just got a note here that just says, he capitalises, Grill is a ball ache. He's he just, really is. He's just, they're just like, it, it comes to the point where I think, if I was them, I'd be like, you know what? I know we're the good guys, but should we just fucking kill this guy? Yeah. You know? Um, and we see um, Ben gets caught lying. They basically, you know, um, realise that. And um, she blue balls him, you know, he gets killed. Yeah. Um, Cool. There's a bit of a bit of a body count in this episode, actually, of like yeah, semi-regular yeah. characters. Um, Coulson tells Grill that they are fulfilling the prophecy, and he looks for a second like maybe Grill's actually, you know, a believer. He's like, "Oh my god, you are!" And then he's just like, you know, poo-poos it. Um, and um, we see Daisy and Gemma talk about Fitz, and I like the fact at this point. One of the things that I like about the Fitz and Gemma relationship is there is a lot of drama to it. But it's not hand-wringing. It's not her like, oh, gosh, she's, you know, she's almost laughing about it at this point. She's almost just like, fuck, you know, what, you know, what next? Yeah. Um, it's not too earnest. Yeah. The way that they're doing it. And I think a lot of shows would go that route. Um, I think because of all the mad shit they've been through, um, it's just another situation that they have to cope with. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Um, you know, whereas lesser people would fall to bits being faced with it. They're just like, okay, let's work the problem. Well, there is a bit where Gemma and Daisy are talking and she's like, you know, here we are again. Mm. You know, let's do this game Us face. versus the world. Yeah. yeah. And um, we see that um, Cassius's brother has rocked up to buy Quake. Um, rocked up with his blue cock out. <laughs> yes, uh, it's not. You realize it's not rock up with your cock out. It's rock out with well, your. Cock. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I tried. You say should I, by your logic, it'd be rock up with your cock up. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you know, you <laughs> could be really excited about uh, <laughs> I mean, getting you quite... rock rock on with your cock on. You know, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's endless possibilities. Like, um, um, so um. So he's he's he wants to buy Quake, um, and there's a li- I think there's an element there as well of, um, Cassius being kind of like, oh, you won't even let me have this, will you, brother? It's like his his brother's not interested in him at all. But as soon as he starts to get a little bit of success, it's almost as though he wants to go there to check it out for himself and maybe ruin it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and maintain his sort of dominant, you know, alpha kind of role in there. In or maybe there. there's also a bit of like. Okay, what dumb fuckery are you going to put in place yeah, that's going to yeah. screw this up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. So um, Flint um, basically rocks Grill to death. Um, rocks out of stone. This is where I've got the notes about how it reminds me a lot of Farscape, which was, you know, influence of going to the galaxy and all that. Um, and this is where he basically says that he's gonna, he wants him to get blue balls to fight Quake. Yeah. 
And I like the fact that Cassius is like, sorry, you know, yeah. and she's just I'm like, sure you'll give us some, a beautiful yeah, display. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought, oh, okay, yeah, I wouldn't want to let you down. Um, I, I love Daisy's, you know, all right, you freaky blue bitch. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Um, they kill Tess, to make an example, to the Inhumans. Um, Fitz and Simmons do a legger. Um, and Daisy, Daisy's about to take them out. And that really reminded me of the beating Spartacus Blood and Sand where you see him at the end of the first season jump up to take out the guys in the box mm. watching the uh, um, you know the combat. Yeah. And um, we, I, I like the fact that um, the episode ends on like a comedic note, the fact that they're running away and yeah. she's like, will you marry me? And he's like, yeah. He's like, but just for the record, I did. I did I did. You. And she's like, okay. And it's just the way you go face to black and you just hear him go, honestly, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's the very kind of like human male moments uh, and then we get a little post-credit bit of business bit of business bit of busy, um, busy. of um, Enoch blue Enoch yeah um, infiltrating um, look what looks like going to the surface potentially I love his undercover hello friend yeah, it is brother. I it is I agree yeah 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 um, and uh, yeah so it looks like maybe he's heading off to uh, perhaps try and rescue save me yeah Hannah any final thoughts before we wrap up uh, I thought it was a very solid episode, um, really enjoyable, hellishly looking forward to the next one. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, just right. bring it on. Yeah, I now have a, um, I'm back to a two episode backlog of editing now. Yep. Um, so um, I've got a busy week at work as well, so I'm not going to be doing anything during the day. So I don't know when I'll get these out, but I'll do my best. Um, and to do uh, some evening editing. Yeah, I might have to actually. And a quick reminder that we do appreciate feedback now that we've um, hopefully, uh, by the time this is out, well, we'll be all have caught up. We appreciate that at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com or comments on YouTube are equally applicable. And uh, yeah, check out our friend shows and also Spotify and Apple podcast reviews are greatly appreciated. But for now, that is us. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. See you later.